So we want to welcome everyone to our Gracemont episode number 12. And I just feel like that is a special number, 12, because we had 12 disciples, 12 months of the year, 12 signs of the Zodiac. There's just something really special about the number 12. And tonight is our 12th podcast. And I think to ring us in, our esteemed John Luke will set the tone for our introductory song, which goes... Well, I think you better start it. It always works better when you oh, start it. Oh, is it? Do okay. I start that? Okay. Grace Mon. Grace Mon. Grace Mon. Grace Mon. Grace Mon. Just keeps getting better. I, <laughs> they're going to be wanting us in Nashville. Yeah, I know it soon. It's coming. So. All right. Tonight, we have some extremely interesting and provocative subjects we're going to discuss. And so, John Luke has come up with one of the topics. Our preachers are like Mr. T, in that their attitude is, I pity the fool who doesn't believe like I do. And AI robots... Uh, artificial intelligence is are those dangerous to humanity? They're not addressed in the Bible. And then cussing and crude humor, and I'm gonna have to have you help me on where we're gonna go with that. And then is it really bad? Is it really bad? Okay, all right. So is it really is it really bad? And and what is cussing? Yeah, what is cussing and what is crude humor? And so that that could that could that could take a while to figure that one out because it you're right I mean it's uh, and then mine are going to be when did Jesus know he was God and then we're gonna I have uh, some theories on what it means to forgive and what does it mean to judge someone and I should uh, give out a you know statement to say I hope you're not expecting an answer because those are a couple things that I really am not clear on even though one I think I'm clear on but the other I'm not clear on or anyway so that's what we have to talk about tonight six exciting subjects and I think I'm gonna let you start tonight well okay well I I also wanted to add a possible addition to our list is okay there might be a, well let's just do this from the start your last uh the last podcast you talked about biting the apple yes and i've been thinking about that quite a lot okay today i was talking with some young women in their you know 30-ish right. who were talking about how another thing that's showing up on the uh internet is People are taking psychedelics again, let's say just one or two times, and then it expands their minds. And then, like for the next five years, they're able to think about things they never were before, and it's it's made the world a brighter and more wonderful place for them. If just because they chewed some mushrooms, and you know, I think uh, Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Is doing something like that. He's really? taking some kind of mind-expanding drug, and it's making him. He was always always kind of a weird dude. Yeah, but he's even more of a weird dude now. I mean, you know, the guy that's quarterback for Green Bay, right? Or the Jets? Yeah. I think Did he, he move to the Jets? Well, I heard a blurb that he was going to the Jets. Yeah. Oh, really? I hadn't heard that. Yeah, or it was a Maybe. rumor or something. Maybe. All right. So, so what do you think about that? Oh, I want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I'd heard that I'd heard that back in the um, '60s. They were trying some of that stuff, and also, so I'm a big oh, I'm a big physics guy. I like uh, quantum physics and quantum mechanics. Now, I should preface that by saying I, I don't 
understand anything about it <laughs> other than it's just super fascinating to me. And in quantum physics, like two particles can be in the same place at the same time. And they, they just basically can't, they can't explain it. They, they just can't explain it. But I watched a documentary on it one time. And apparently there was some, there was some kind of meshing between these kids in high school and these psychedelic drugs. And one of these kids like cracked the code of this. Uh, he was able to prove that uh, uh, quantum physics did exist. He was able to come up with a way to prove. And today they say they use quantum physics and cell phones. And, but they still to this day don't understand how it works. They can't explain it. Einstein called it spooky uh, distance, uh, spooky something at a distance. And, uh, but, but there was some weaving of some of these psychedelic drugs during a time that this guy was kind of experimenting in that. And then I also heard that, you know, some of these guys, they took these psychedelic drugs and it just, I don't know, something, they had these weird thoughts. And so you're saying now that's kind of starting to, it's, some people are kind of delving back into that a little bit or... Apparently, it's it's getting lots of play on social media. But, of course, you know, women eating their placentas after birth got a lot of play several years ago. I mean, these things that don't really make any sense just kind of get going. Because I know in the 60s, there were plenty of people that fried their brains with psychedelics, too. Yeah. I mean, so they were, they were never the same anymore. Yeah, that's yeah, what you so don't. It ruined them. Right. Yeah. You, you don't want to do that. Right. What do you think about it? I think it's generally a bad idea. Yeah. It, it's kind of like, okay, maybe maybe you'll expand your mind and discover something new in quantum, quantum physics. But for sure, you know, your grandpa's uncle, well, not our grandpa's uncle, our uh, would have been our uncles maybe, ended up in uh, a facility because they fried their brains on... LSD, right. you know. Right. So, I, I'm not buying it. Okay, you think it's just kind of a, a, just a fad or something like like some of these people do. It's it's probably crap. I guess there could be some truth truth to it. I don't know for sure, but I I'm not doing it. Yeah. Okay. I've already lost enough brain cells. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm kind of that way too. I mean. I mean, at 9 o'clock, I'm kind of just ready to shut it down. <laughs> Where before, I could stay out to 2 a.m. and just get yeah. up at 7 the next morning, go to work. and Did it for years, but not anymore. So, nope, we're, Apostle Duke, we're pretty old now. Yeah, right. Yeah, so you so, make the best of it, right? Yeah. So I'm going to start with my first. This okay. isn't necessarily a question. It's yeah. more of a, po a postulate. Yeah. I... I don't know how many times I've gotten the look from like a minister or somebody who's a devout Christian that look at me like, Oh, you, you poor guy, you poor kid. You, you don't understand. You're going to hell. I, you know, I, I, I pity the fool who, right. who doesn't believe exactly what I believe. Yeah. You know, what I believe may be different from what this guy down the street believes, but yeah, I, I pity you for that. And I, I thought, how, huh? How helpful is that? It's not. It, it never helped me. It just made me angry. Right. Like, you don't know. <laughs> you don't yeah. know more than I do, dude. And here yeah. you are pitying me for not believing exactly what you believe. Right. So I, th I think that's one of the things we've talked about that pushes people away from Christianity when somebody says, oh, oh I, I pity you for not believing what I believe. It's horrible. Right. Or, and so, you know, in, in one respect, and, and I think you're correct in that it's, it's pushing people away because we see churches dwindling, right? I just, I just wonder on the other side of that, do some people find comfort in that, in that their pastor is, you know, they sit out, right, you have counseling sessions with the pastor or... or you know, like, help me understand this. And the pastor seems so confident. 
and so assured of himself that this is what the Bible means, that maybe some people find that attractive and um, they want to be a part of that church because the pastor seems so assured of himself that that he that he's right but then of course the guy across the street thinks he's right sure and, and the guy across the city and and whatever church he is thinks he's right and it just goes on and on you know i mean uh, that's the grace thing about grace Mont is we don't freaking know yeah we don't and so we're just, we're, we're just guessing and we're kicking it around and Hey, so now you have, do you think, do you think there's a truth out there to be known? Oh, that, that is a question Confucius sat and asked himself after taking some mushrooms. Yeah, right. And was, is was, there a truth out there to be known? That, hey, write that down right now. <laughs> write it down. Is there a truth out there to be known? Well, that's is what there... Pilate said. Uh, when they were at the trial of Jesus, right? What is truth? Meaning, whose truth? Your truth? My truth? There, there, and it kind of, I've heard it related as like, in his mind, he was saying, truth is like an abstract concept that you think you have some truth, he thinks he has some truth. Uh, oh, I, I pity you if that's what you believe. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like there is no truth out there. But, you know, here again, it's biting the apple, right? It's like mm -hmm. when you're a kid and you think, hey, man, my church is right. And all those, everybody else is wrong. And I'm going to heaven and I'm chosen, you know. But if you ever take that bite and you go, how do you know I'm right? Maybe I'm not right. Maybe truth is not as easy to find as as I once thought it was, but... That's a whole deal, man, you know. I just had a mind-expanding thought. Okay, without mushrooms? To, without mushrooms. Biting the apple puts you on the slippery slope. Oh, it does. It does. It does. You're right. It's, it's like a toboggan from there on out. It, it kind of is, right? Because you say, okay, what if this isn't right? What else isn't right? What uh, else have I been wrong about? That's the slippery slope right there, which I think it may be the slippery slope is a good thing. Ooh. Ooh. Whereas we were always taught it was bad to get on the slippery slope. That's the slippery slope down to hell. Right. But it might be the slippery slope to actually thinking. Right. To awakening. Yourself. Or, yeah, or just. Or awakening. Just, Awakening, yes. being being enlightened, being yes. enlightened. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the slippery slope. We are on the slippery slope. We have embraced the slippery slope. Yes. And and because of that, we're kind of outcasts. And I, I like that role. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of know, enjoying that role. <laughs> yeah. Our the bottom, the soles of our feet are coated with axle grease now. With that, we're just grief. sliding, sliding just, down that slippery slope. Oh, I know, and it, and 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 you know, does it go? Did you get going faster and faster, and then you get out of control? I don't know, man. It, it's like it's. I was watching this movie last night about this girl in the sky, and they took a hot air balloon and they went above the clouds, and they were like, they got caught in a storm. They had no idea, but they were on this adventure, right? Yeah. They were they were learning and, and and because of them we can now predict weather we have tornado warnings and and we can say hey in a couple of days it's probably going to rain and airlines are safer and farmers can grow crops better because of these people who adventured out and they almost died and I haven't finished the movie so they may die in the end of course everybody dies but but we're kind of adventuring out right we're kind of going out there and I told somebody. This week, I said, I said, I'm an atheist. And they came back and went, mind blown. What? What? Like, and I was like, you know, I don't know. It's like a whole new thing, right? To say I have different thoughts. And 
and I no longer I'm no longer in the in the fold, you know. So here we go, here we go, and we'll see. Okay. Okay. All right, Mister Slippery Slope. Yes, it's time yes, for one yes. Of your questions. Okay, okay. So, um, uh, see, I got to get my mouse working here. My mouse quit stopped working. Here we go. I got it. Okay. So mine was, when did Jesus know he was God? When he was five, seven, ten. Or was it when he was in the temple at 12, teaching the Jewish scholars? And so, um, of course, hey, hey, I may try this. So, one thing that we learned when we were in Italy, or I, I learned, was, uh, and we had this discussion in our Sunday school classes, like, one of the gentlemen said, God, Jesus didn't know he was God until he was about 10 or 12. And I thought, I had, I never thought about that before. During the Renaissance, they were saying they really struggled in how they painted, how they depicted the Christ child. Was he, was he a man or a baby? And, and these are kind of, uh, representations of like how they kind of processed him. Yeah. Because they didn't, know, they didn't know either if this, if he was a, was he fully God as a child or, or was he not? And did he know he was, he was God? Uh, and some of them were trying to find a happy medium between like this guy. He looks like an old man, kind of right, and that's yeah. supposed to be the, the Christ child. But um, anyway, so I'm gonna stop sharing. I'm gonna go back to. But, uh, oh gosh, what happened? <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? Stop sharing. Okay, here we go. All right. Okay. So, but anyway, so I never thought of that before. It's like, did Jesus, I just always presumed he knew even when he was four years old that I am God. But apparently a lot of people don't think he knew he was God until he was about 12. And so it was just kind of, we had this interesting conversation and, and uh, we kind of went back and forth, and I don't know that we ever came to a conclusion. What, do you have any thoughts on that? Now, you are a Christian. You are a believer. I don't know. I'm still, maybe I'm still not clear on that. Uh, I, most of the people in our Sunday school class would say I'm not. Cause yeah. Because I, I, at least what? We've taught to believe is Christianity. I don't. I don't buy most of that stuff. I think a lot of it's stuff people made up. So, I don't. I don't know if I can call myself a Christian or not. I think I can say, clearly, I attempt to follow the teachings of Jesus. Okay. That much can be said for sure. And right. I, you do too. I watched your life. Yeah. You, you do try, atheist or not. You you try to follow the teachings of Jesus because that's the way you were taught to behave. And, right. And I think you do a pretty good job of it. Okay, well, thanks. Yeah, well. I heard, I heard a guy one time. He he wrote some poetry or something. My mom and I were looking it up, and the guy referred to himself as a Christian atheist. And maybe that's kind of it. It's like I I follow those teachings of being truthful and and trying to be good to others, and and you, you know, and but I still just struggle with the whole you know, concept of God. And, and so maybe that's what that means, but. So you're, what you're telling me is you don't believe the Bible is God's inspired, infallible, literal words. Yeah. I struggle yeah, with I that. I don't either. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't believe that. So <laughs> you, we, we were, we kind of got off track. Okay. When did Jesus know he was God? Tell yeah. me what your thoughts are on that. Okay. So when my Christian in my Christian hat, um, gosh, about 12, I guess. I always thought he just always knew. I, it never occurred to me that he didn't know, but if you think about it, when you're like four years old, you don't have the capacity to, to know that. I don't know. I don't know as a, as, you know, with my Christian hat on, I, I don't know the answer to that. With my, other hat, I say, well, he never was. He was just, you know, he 
he became God years after he died, right? And they wrote him that way. Right. And, but, uh, so do you have any thoughts on that? But what, what you just said reminded me of Roger Rabbit. Okay. The, Roger Rabbit's wife, who was a really beautiful, sexy. Oh, in the in the cartoon movie, movie in the movie. Okay. Yeah, she said, "I'm not bad. I'm just drawn this way." Okay. So that's oh yeah, what's... yeah. He he may was God or not. He was just drawn that way, right? He yeah. Was... Somebody humans have drawn him that way. Oh, and I saw something the other day. It was something about about being written in a story that, that, you know, when someone, when the author writes the story, the, the uh, protagonist is kind of like doomed from the beginning to be whatever the author writes him. Right. Yeah. And whether he's good or bad, that, that the protagonist has no power in himself to change that. He's, he's, he's a victim of the author and, and yeah, that's kind of, I guess, true. You know, you're just, Whoever tells the story. Yeah. Jesus is the protagonist of the of the New Testament. So he he was written the way that he's created the way they wrote him. Right. And he served a purpose. And apparently it was a good purpose because he has been around for uh, millennia. Right. It's a heck of a story. It There's is some a heck big of stories in that book. There well, are. I was going to. Okay. Let's see. My answer to that. Well, it's going to be what you. You thought I, I don't think Jesus ever was God, nor do I don't I don't think he literally ever proclaimed he was God. He was just written that way. I think Jesus came to make the you know, he was a religious reformer like Martin Luther. He he wanted to fix stuff. Yeah. He wanted people to be treated right. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that it was his thing to replace God or join God in in ruling the world was his his mission was to make the world a better place right and yeah and he yeah if I if I step back from that I, I agree with that he was probably a he was a rebel he was a maverick and he was trying in his own way to make it make a good change right and then yeah. somebody the authors took it from there and Turned him into God and changed the world with his story, you know? Yeah. In fact, the changing of the world happened after he died. He didn't really do it himself. It was the authors that changed the world. He in his in his own life he was somewhat of a failure. You know, I mean I mean he, he died for the sins of the world, but in all honesty, he he had a small following and and ever and most people hated him and he, he made no difference. And then he died, and then someone wrote, and it was in the writings after he was dead that the world changed. So, well, Like we've talked about before, it was Paul more than anyone. Paul? You know, the other disciples had an impact, but it was Paul that made it happen. Right, that wrote the stories and set the narrative. And, and uh, yeah, I... I you know what? What? Paul was like Steve Jobs. yeah. Uh, or Bill Gates, they didn't come up with the ideas, but they recognized, hey, this is the thing. This is, yeah. Let's do it. Right. And uh, they were great at recognizing great stories right. and great products and turning them into businesses. And that's kind of what Paul did. He's He was the Steve Jobs or Bill Gates of Christianity. Right. And he, he, he made Christ who he is today. That's you true. Could, you, could, you could argue that, right? Yeah. Oh, man, that'll you need to write your book. When are you going to start your book? I've already written one. But oh, you have? <laughs> you, you should read it. I'll, I'll send you a copy of it. I never okay. have published it. Yeah? You could be one of oh, my pre-readers. Oh, is this the one? Is this the, uh, yeah, you told me something about it. Yeah. So tell, tell, tell our audience. Oh, it's just a book, a science fiction book, a medical science fiction book I wrote. Okay. I need to get it published, and then I'll tell the audience, and they can buy it. <laughs> but I'll send it to you as a PDF, okay. and you can read it. All right, all right. Okay. Ready for my next question? Yes. Okay. I keep seeing things on you know YouTube about the, these new robots. 
Yeah. What they can do, uh, combined with artificial intelligence, with all it can do. Like, right. What's that thing now that can you just tell it? Write me a a paper on Mark Twain. Yeah. Five hundred words, boom, and it's written, and right. it's got good grammar, and it's well well thought out, and it's all written by artificial intelligence. So uh, in the the uh, sci-fi movies have always posed that as being dangerous in that if computers and robots no longer need us, why should they keep us around? They can just, right. just erase us. So what are your thoughts on that? So do I'm so do you want me to go first? Or you want to go first? You go first. Okay, so there's two sides of this story. And then there's a then there's a punchline, as far as I'm concerned. One side is okay. uh, your your mom and dad say, "Oh, them telephones, you know, I don't want to have nothing to do with them telephones. I just want to go over to my neighbors and talk to them. Them telephones, they'll just, you know, it's always been right. And TV, oh man, them TVs, they're they're the devil and brings in all that nudity and and so that's always been an argument." I think, you know, there's that kind of resistance to technology that's scary and it's spooky and people are... So I think that could be an aspect of it. Um, Then the other side would be, you know, like if, if... if some virus got in the computer system and shut the all the phones down and all the electricity down, you know, because right now we're so dependent on these computerized programs that that run our internets and our lights and our cars and and if something got in that it could create a, a, a big big problem and, that, and there there is probably something to that and then here's the kicker is and I'm open to this idea that we, are a program. Humans are programmed. We're programmed. Our, our minds are programmed. Somebody out there, and this, this is where, is this God or not, programmed this. This is a program. We're in a program. This, this like, the seed that you put in the ground that grows up to be either a rose or an apple tree, somebody programmed that. There's, there's a, there's a, there's a there's a pre-designed program and it's not me. I want to think I'm the controller of my thoughts and that I'm the controller of my life. But I'm not. I'm 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 a human. I'm So there's that. I think we're, so you're I, saying we're really not that different from a a, a uh, robot with artificial intelligence or a, or a video game or just a video yeah. game that hmm. that it's there's there's some design out there that programmed all this and it's 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 and maybe that's god you know maybe i think i saw something one time where this person they discovered that they were a video game and that everything out there they had all these things had been designed and 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 programmed and 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 it was just playing out basically so maybe we're ai maybe we're ai artificial we think we're intelligent right you know so i I guess that could be i think that it is again a two-edged sword yeah in that all this intelligence all this uh the programs, the artificial intelligence, are pretty amazing. Yes, and it's, it's mind blowing to watch what they can do. Um, I was watching a, uh, a YouTube video of the soldier robots they've built. They're they're not too different from like Star Wars, right? Like they they can run and jump and shoot guns and spin and turn and and they and with artificial intelligence they they know pretty much what or who to shoot yeah it's uh it's that to me is a little bit scary because those people those uh 
those robots with AI, they don't have to program anything into them like emotion or fear. They're right. just tools and off they go. And so they could come and destroy us. Right. And that, that could be scary. Well, and to your, also to your point, so I go down to the little Walmart down at the corner. And uh, three years ago, there were six um, lanes open with human cash cashiers taking my money and ringing up my stuff. And now there's one lane open with a real person. And, the, and everything else is self-checkout. Right. So where did those jobs go? Where did, you know, those people who were registering that stuff and, and I mean, that the lady, I remember even when I was a kid, they would look at that can of peas and that can of peas, she knew it was 33 cents or she had her little cheat sheet. Then you went to barcodes, right? And yeah. they just had the ball, the barcodes and that saved a lot of time and effort. And, and now in this same store, I was there the other day and there was like this automated, like, uh, it was mopping the floor and cleaning the floor yeah. and it was just automated. It was just going up and down and well, someone used to do that. Right. But right. now they just have a machine doing it. And so, uh, you know, where does that end? Right. It eventually renders us purposeless. And I like saying, you know, or I, I, I like pointing out to our audience who may not know this, that you are a physician and I just think, you know, when you could get online and, and do anesthesia online, you know, just you have a maybe a pair of gloves on and you reach into that room and you pick that up and you turn that dial and you check this and you check that and and you're and you're doing surgery or you're doing a type of operation across hundreds of miles because you can do it now computerized, you know, you're yeah. and it can be done. And it, it, that's happening now, right? Yeah. So. Well, the, the, the surgical robots can be operated remotely, for sure. There's not an anesthesia robot that's up and running yet right. that I know of. Yeah. There's no reason why they can't come up with one with that's got artificial intelligence. And if it can be controlled remotely by an anesthesiologist when you know something has to be done right. that is outside of the programming. You know, I have been told, and I believe it's true, that here in Oklahoma City downtown, we have a new uh, trolley system, and it's kind of a big deal, and it's 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 very attractive, and people like riding it and stuff. And I've been told that the conductor on that train is unnecessary. The only reason they're on there is is to make people feel better about getting on that that subway, because I've been told they can. They can run that subway, that that trolley car, without any human intervention at all. Right. But, but I don't but, doubt that at all. But they put but they put them on there, and now of course we have. They're trying to get self-driving cars. Yeah. And 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 so where does it end? You know, it'd be interesting to find out. I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you think Jesus would think about artificial intelligence and robots? Gosh, what would Jesus think about that? I think he'd think, what will these Romans come up with next? Right, yeah. Well, you know, I think Jesus, I think one of the teachings of Christianity is kind of simplicity, right? Uh, kind of do with as little as possible and not have all the, the new toys and whistles. But, I mean, you know, would Jesus have a laptop? Hey, there's another one. Remember when Jesus wore a Rolex, you know, and I don't know if you ever remember that. Because the pastors, some of these pastors wear Rolex yeah. watches and drive Jaguars oh, and all yeah. that. You know, it's like, would Jesus wear a Rolex? Well, would Jesus have a laptop? Now, Jesus would make you give up your laptop and your cell phone and come follow him and Could be. sit in the dirt with your sandals and while he drew people's names in the dirt. So I just saw a deal tonight uh, about kind of about that. And it was this guy, he, he like, uh, years and years ago, he went around Japan, Japan, and he took these black and white photographs. Yeah. And, and so then what he did was he, he, he spent the last year or so, and he went back to those same places, and he lined up his camera and took a, a snapshot in color. 
and it showed, you know, like an old alleyway, and now the alleyway was like a plaza, and it had lights, and, and, and then he went to another place, and it was like an old building, and now there's an escalator, and, and it was very interesting, but at the end of the, at the end of the, 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 the broadcast, the guy said, and I thought about it, he says, I just wonder, is life better? Is it, is it really better? I mean, we have escalators and airplanes and cars and computers, but is it better? Is it, are, are people happier? And, and maybe Jesus would say, like you say, sandals and the dirt. I mean, because isn't that what all the Eastern sages tell us, right? Is to just let go of the world and just go into like, just be one with nature and I don't know. I'm off. I'm off subject now. You need to get us back on, John. Okay. Lee. Well, uh, <laughs> maybe we could have the uh, Grace Mott back to nature as Jesus would have wanted it. Camp yeah, oh, someday. Yeah. Hey, like yeah. Tonight is Back to Nature Night where we're wearing robes and sandals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could have a, a literal camp, you know. Yeah, we could. Yeah. yeah, and just be one with nature. Just yeah. So and. You could do all the stuff like, what would Jesus do if he had a two-pronged hot dog fork? Would he put two hot dogs on there? Yeah. And give one to to his neighbor? Oh. Or would he just put one hot dog on there so he could better control it? You know, yeah, he could do stuff like that. He would, he would, put, he would put one on there, he would, he would cook it, and then hand it to his neighbor. Yeah, just one and hand it to his neighbor? Yes. Right, yes. Okay. Okay, it's time for your next question. Okay, my next question is, there, uh, and I lost my deal, but I think it was... I'll tell you. Okay. What does it mean to forgive someone? Okay, so let's say John Luke backs into my car, okay, and puts a big dent in it. And not I, inconceivable. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not the best driver. Right. So, and I say, I forgive you, Right. I do. I forgive you, but you got to pay for the car. You got to fix it. Your your insurance has to. And so is that really forgiveness? Because I would argue that it's not. I forgive you if, or I forgive you, but yeah, it's not forgiveness, is it's, it? Right. No, it's not. It's not pure. Pure forgiveness is. And and I think in in the pure sense of the word is not only do I forgive you, but you don't have to pay, like Christ did for us right you don't have to pay for your sins you're forgiven i'm paying for your sins and therefore you return eternal life but and i just i even think as you know like i think my roommate like grew up in college and he borrowed my car and he 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 came back late and i was late to work and i said uh it can't happen man i gotta be at work on time happened again uh and, and then he said, you know, I, I told him, I said, I forgive you. I forgive you. I get it. You know, you're having fun and all that, but you can't borrow the car anymore because I got to be at work. And I think, is that really forgiveness? And, and I, I would say it's not. It, it's like, it's like, but I say it's forgiveness. And so that's, that, that is where, that's one of the deals where I just say, I, I don't know the answer to that. Or is it sometimes just okay not to forgive people and say, you know, I'm not going to hold a grudge. I'm, I'm trying not to have bad feelings, but you got to pay, man. You got to, you got to own up and you can't borrow the car anymore or you have to pay for the damage. Uh, but I think as a Christian, we're, we're taught so many times you always have, like these people who they, they kill their son, right? They kill their son and they're in the courtroom and they say, you know, I just want him to know that I forgive him for what he did. And it's like because that's what they're taught to do, and and it seems like the Christian thing is to always forgive. And even Jesus taught to forgive seven times seven, seven times seventy, I think. So I just uh, I've I've always found that to be a conundrum for me. Uh, is like like what is forgiveness? Because true forgiveness is you don't you know you just borrow my car every time, you return it late over and over and over. That's true forgiveness. But 
I don't do that, and I think it would be ill-advised to tell people to live that way. So, so there's that. There's my second one. Okay, you know, you can't let people walk on you, so you, right. you did the right thing. Yeah. No, Jesus would not have said you did the wrong thing. He'd say, oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Right. You gave him two chances. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you my story okay. about a car. Okay. I was driving with my wife in my relatively new kind of expensive car. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden there's a thunk on the right side. Oh. And my wife says, Shit, that, that lady just hit you. Oh, no. Yeah. So, and she pulls up ahead of me to where, you know, I'm trying to pull up and get close enough to her to see her driver's license number, her tag number. Yeah. And then uh, we come to a stoplight. So I jump out, run around. Sure enough, she hit my car with her mirror. So it oh, put a dent yeah. in, the, in the side of my car. And I said, as I was right next to her window, I said, ma'am, you just hit my car. She goes, I don't think I hit it. I go, yeah, you did right there. And she goes, oh. And I looked, and she was about 75, had the crazy look in her eyes. Oh, yeah. Had a grandkid in the back seat, and her car looked like she lived in it. Yeah. And so I said, well, ma'am, you just have a nice day. Okay. <laughs> got back in my car and yeah. went on because uh, was that really forgiveness or just giving up? I don't know because I knew there's no way that she could afford Maybe she did have insurance, and we could go through this whole big deal of me uh, causing this poor little old lady's insurance to pay for my car, which I I could afford to pay for my own little. It's a. It was like a a thing about the size of a softball that she dinked into my into my car. It dented it in everything, yeah. so it was going to have to go to the body shop. Right. But I just went ahead and forgave her, and it made a good story. I thought. It is a good story. What are your story. thoughts on that? Well, I think it's a good story, and I think it's... Was that, is that forgiveness? Because because you thought... Because you're, the way you processed that was, I'm not going to get money out of this lady anyway. So, hey, you know what they say? I have several thoughts about that. They say that forgiveness is about you, right? It's yeah. like... It's like if, if I sit around and say that John Luke, he's a dirty, rotten scoundrel, da 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 I'm not really hurting you across town when you're sitting at your home and I'm having those thoughts. If I release that thought and I forgive you, it, it does more for me, right? Absolutely. So, so when you forgave her, and you did, it, it benefited you. But here's the other thing, and this is where this is where I have a conundrum. I have a conundrum, but maybe not. But I think that comes back to you. I think I do think there is some, and I I think you can explain it scientifically. It's like if you live your life where you don't hold that grudge and you let that lady go. Somewhere in your life, that comes back around. You are a very generous man. People who are are not on this, who don't know you, who are just listening to this podcast, I know you do too. You're humble. You wouldn't, but you are very generous, and you give to people in your church and in your community. Wouldn't you say that you can see how that comes back to you? That your generosity. There is a, uh, what's that called? The reciprocity, the law of reciprocity, where if you help people, somewhere down the line, it comes back to you in a good way. For, and also, if you're a jerk to people, that comes back. I, I agree with both of those, but I see it more of as a pay it forward kind of thing because I've had people do things for me out of the goodness of their heart. Yeah. Um, that they didn't have to do wasn't their jobs or anything like that, but they helped me out when they didn't have to, which has allowed me to get to where I am now. Yeah. And so when I get a chance to help somebody out, that I think, you know, I have my own little way of deciding whether 
I want to help somebody or not. I don't help everybody because I don't, you know. Yeah. You, you can't help everyone. But I right. find people, I think, okay, this, the people I help are the ones, this is a person who's trying to better himself or herself. He's trying to make a difference in the world. Right. I like to help those people when I can. And uh, I ask them or suggest to them that they might, when they get in a position to do so, they might do the same thing for someone else. Yeah. Like you don't even have to say it. It's it's kind of understood with with folks like that. If they're right. if they're genuine good people who are trying to do good and you help them, then they'll want to help other people too. Right. Yeah. So I think I think your your story is true forgiveness. I think it's in in the truest sense of the word. I mean, even because God says, "I know you can't pay this debt," <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, you can't pay your debt, so I am going to pay it for you. And so, yeah, I think it's I think it's I I think it's true forgiveness. I mean, so speaking of, who do you think is going to do that for the United States? I don't know. There's no way we can pay our debt now. Oh, I know. I know. So who's going to pay that? And the banks are failing. And, and Have more failed besides the one out in? That Sussy Bank over in UK or something? There oh, was another a, one in the UK failed? Yep. Today. And, then, oh, and nice. then Moody came out and gave us now a negative. I don't know if you heard that. They've now rated us as a negative or a minus where we were before stable. And now they're saying, okay, look, the banking system is not on good footing now. And so who knows? So, you know, depending on what radio station you listen to is like, okay, we're all good. We're good. And the other radio station, oh, we're all, how did they they let this, how did they let this happen? How did they let this happen? I can tell you how they let it happen. (laughs) Got the politicians controlling it. And spending They only care about getting reelected and making their families rich. Right. That's how it happened. There's there's a lot I think a lot of truth to that. So Okay. I'm gonna okay. do my last Okay. All right. My number three. Yeah. Do you think Jesus would have cared about cussing and crude humor? Do you think God cares about that? Because, you know, when we were growing up, you know, you make the wrong off color joke about a bowel movement or something in church. Oh, you're going to hell for that. Yeah. You know. Or or certainly a sexual joke was terrible terrible right do you think put your christian hat on and tell me what okay all right yeah so my christian hat says don't offend anybody don't hurt someone's feelings my christian hat my other hat is so my dad was bald-headed he just he just had this big just I mean, he was just on the sides yet here, but he loved making bald jokes. And I just kind of thought, that's how to do that. Don't, don't get freaked out about it. Just laugh, you know. I I honestly wish I I was thinking this as you were saying that. I almost maybe save this for the next episode because this this could be a ten fifteen minute discussion, you know, just. Like, is that okay? Because I, okay, I, I think I know what you're going to say, so I'm going to let you chime in. Well, I'll just give the short version. If we want to talk about it some more, we can. I, I agree with you is, is not offending people. So what I do at work, because I do have a bit of a crude sense of humor, uh, when I'm starting to work with a new person, I say, I have a fairly, fairly crude sense of humor. It's come <laughs> from being a doctor for many years. Right. And having two big brothers when I was a kid. Yeah. But uh, if I say anything to you that's offensive or ste- stepping on the line to being offensive, let me know. Yeah. And I will stop it in your presence. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people here that think I'm really funny. Yeah. And laugh at my crude humor. Right. And so they don't really want to miss out on it. Right. But if it offends you, I will not use it in your presence. Right. So that's that's how I deal with it. I don't know what Jesus would have thought about it. Jesus, I've, I like to think Jesus would have thought about it like I do. The, yeah. the real Jesus, not, not Paul's Jesus. Right. So, okay, so I, I, I have a couple things about that. One is, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but when you tell a joke, 
the 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 funny part is the twist at the end. Sure. It's it's the knock knock who's there da 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 da, da. and then and then the last part is you say something unexpected, right? That's absolutely. That's what makes it funny. That's, and yeah. the other thing that makes it funny is if I said two guys were walking down the street, you'd you'd go okay whatever. But if I said a Jew and a Christian were walking down the street, and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, that's what makes it funny, right? It's, sure. it's, it's poking fun at those sacred cows. That's, that's, the, that's one of the other elements that I think make humor funny, is when you take something that, hey, you're not supposed to say that, you know? I was like, like you know, you know, a, Jew, you know, a rabbi and a nurse, and, or not a nurse, but a nun, and... And you're like, oh, he's like getting ready to go after the religious guys because you're not supposed to talk about them like that. And that's the other kind of element. So it, it's almost, the offensive side is almost a necessary part of humor. And then, and then you say something right about that person that's like out of character. It's that twist at the yeah. end. So anyway... You've thought this through, haven't you? I, yeah, I think way too much. <laughs> I, I, yeah, probably so. All right. Well, we're at almost an hour, so I guess we're... Uh, we're done. I'm good. I'm good. I'll yes. save my... I have one more, but I'll save it for next time because it's really... No, what? No, no, no. no. Let's do next time. Let and me look then, at then, it. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty deep. Yeah, it is deep. That is deep. Next yeah. time. Next time. We'll ask what, what it means to not to judge. Set right. Judge. Yes, yeah. that is that. I have a total deal about that. So you need to come back next week. Don't miss it. Even though we have a guest next week, we have a guest next week, and I need to I need to tell you this week about our guest. Okay. I'm not going to tell you here, but uh, I do want. There's some things I need to tell you about that guest. So. Okay. Okay. Right. This is Grace Mont, episode twelve. We will see you next week. Signing off. This is. Apostle John Luke and Apostle Duke. Duke, 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 Duke. I gotta, I gotta, I'm gonna perfect that. It's gonna be really good, but I, I think you're there. I think right. I'm there. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm hitting stop. Okay. Bye. Bye.